Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, start off from the top. Yeah. Who is Jay Ali? I'm a producer, songwriter, and an artist originally out of Hammond, Indiana. Um, now living in L.A., born in Chicago, so I've produced for a few artists, Chris Brown, uh, Jordan Lucas, uh, Tory Lanez, Chica, Kehlani, Eric Bellinger, the list goes on. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit about me, a little intro for, for those who don't know. And like I said, like I stated earlier, it's going to be hard to run into people that don't know you. <laughs> yeah. You're like everywhere, man. Man, trying to get it to that point. To right. where, you know. So, a little background, right, before we get in here. Um... I I was doing research on because we you so happened with fraternity brothers, mm-hmm. same problems and everything. Shout yep. out to NCP. Yes, sir. Um, I did a piece like yo noops that you need to know. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing my research on the piece, uh, one of the uh, actually an alpha, his name is uh, Rodney, mm-hmm. um, Power Nine Two High Rod. Yep, that's the that's the homie. Yeah, he hit me up and he was like, yo, you should um, you know Yaya Lee, one of your fraternity brothers. Yeah. So I did my research on you, started doing it, and I'm like, man, this dude's dope. I got into him with him. Then yeah. another one of my younger fraternity brothers was like, yo, Yay Ali is the reason why I wanted to be a noob. That's crazy. <laughs> he was like, when I was a shorty, he was like, man, he had all the, he had all the women. He was like, the <laughs> swag was just different. He was like, this dude was the reason why I wanted to be a noob. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> So that's it's like it's crazy how this come full circle. Yeah, always. I'm gonna shout out my boy Terry, Terry Roseman. He the, one of my neos. Shout out to Terry, what up, Yeah, so he's like, man, that's the reason why I want to be a noob is this guy. That's hard. That's like. That's what I like. You gotta set the example. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's talk about that whole uh, being a member of Kappa Alpha Psi and that in your fraternity experience. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that uh, impact your career? Uh, without the fraternity, I would have never done music. Um, so it was them, the older brothers, my pro fights, just hearing me freestyle, just messing around, just off some beats, smoking mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so it happened to me particularly different. It was during my 
signing process for my fraternity, as you know, you know, yeah. we sign it and we good, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was doing that lengthy paperwork process. And so they had discovered that I happened to be the one who, I guess was the creative um, one from my line. Just to fast forward from my line, it was nine of us. Uh, my my brother Gerard, he has a company, Black and Bold, it's just a uh, coffee company, which is blowing up. Uh, Kelly Rowland support, like, so many artists and people have supported it. And so bro, Bro was on my line. We got a near billionaire on my line. We got a couple real estate agents. Um, I did music. So everybody who I came in with, everybody achieved, achieved their goals and got to where they wanted to go or is at least en route. So I never had brothers growing up. You know what I'm saying? I'm my only child. Uh, my parents just had me together. So I just always wanted to be a part of something bigger. And I was always popular. Um, like after maybe like junior year in high school, from then on to like now, I just was always been able to hold my own and persuade people to do this, come this way. Um, so being in a fraternity just caught, taught me a more humility. Mm-hmm. And I had my first ever um, group of people who was like, it was my power source. So it was the first time I had people like cheering me on to do something that I wasn't sure if, if it was, I was good enough to take it seriously because I'm, I'm in school to support marketing and business. So I wanted to go a different path. I just like to freestyle. Just on some, everybody do it. People watching this interview, everybody's done it. Freestyle, mm-hmm. here to be, you know what I'm saying? So it was just something that was fun, but they took it as like, you know, if you're really freestyling, you're not writing this down. Like, where are you coming up with this? You should get in the studio. They linked me with a DJ. Um, and throughout school, like each semester, each summer, I just got better and better. I never went home. None of my years in school did I use any break to go home. I just stayed. While everybody was at home polishing up my skills in the studio while I was open and just every time somebody heard me, I wanted to be better. And so the fraternity definitely put that battery in my back to just my first support group, support network of them like, yo, do this, you should do this. Uh, you know what I mean? So I I, I never was going to do it. It was never really something that was in my, my mind and my heart at the time. It took them to, and it was like a couple of years, they were pressuring me to like keep going and stuff like that. So without them, I wouldn't have done it for sure. Oh, that's crazy. Shout yeah. out to the news. Yeah. Um, was you like a DJ for the news when you was out there? So, Brian Sanders, my profile, was the official DJ. He was pretty popping in Indianapolis. So, he put me on Chopped and Screwed music. And after I heard that, I was like hooked. Everything was Chopped and Screwed. And I'm like, yo, this is this is it. So, when we threw parties, I would DJ maybe like the, the last 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Play all the songs that you need to find a shorty to go home with. Play a little after set shit just to get you in the mood. So he called me DJ Trap Jodeci, just like it was a house party. So it wasn't like officially events, but at the crib, you know, I got on an aux cord or had my playlist on Serato, whatever the homies were using. So, you know, I had to take them home list. I, I just knew what songs and when to play it, what time. I could just read the crowd and know who was vibing. If it was too turned, play something else. So, you know, he gave me the name DJ Trap Jodeci, and that put the, put the stamp on it in my mind of like, at least I know how to curate things. At mm-hmm. least I know what people want. But not necessarily, I didn't think of myself as a musician back then. It was just, you know, if you're in a fraternity throwing parties, you want the mood to be right. You don't got to be a DJ to do that. You just got to have a good taste. So I was kind of looking at it like that. Okay, so you was you responsible for the all the red light specials going yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Okay. So yeah. So that so he actually gave you the the, the theme and the name for your Trap House Jodeci yeah, uh, he, series. He called me DJ Trap Jodeci. It was it wasn't like a it was just like a conversation in passing. He's like you know calling DJ Trap Jodeci. He never did it, mm. but that conversation is stuck with me. I was like, yo, that name is so cool. 
and we called the frat house the trap house. Mm-hmm. It was like six of us. Um, we had a crazy downstairs, crazy upstairs. So everybody came. We were the only people with a big crib at the time. It's like six bedroom crib, like mm-hmm. you know, baby mansion type. So we called it the trap house. So I just, you know, combined the two, Trap House Jodeci. Um, so first it was a clothing line, then it was my DJ name, then it was a project, then it was my nickname. So it was just, I loved the name so much. And it had nothing to do with Jodeci, the group itself. Mm. Not their music, it had more to do with their style, how they come off, how they're perceived, that attitude. So I just wanted to take that with me everywhere. I never sampled Jodeci, I never, you know, I didn't want it to be that easy. I wanted to just carve out my own. And you know, shout out to Mr. Dalvin. Shout out to Slim from 112, G1, Teddy Rod, all sorts of old, all the OGs, and okay. they and they all they like what I'm doing, you know. So that type, those type of cosigns for people who lived in that era and were on top in that era is like the only thing I needed to hear to let me know that I was on the right path, you know what I'm saying? Aside from the frat and the homies, it's like they they gave you them cosigns back then. Over the last couple years, like Teddy Riley, Slim is recent. Um, Genuine, a couple years ago, his daughter came to a concert of mine, so he she put us in, in chat. We talked a few times. Um, De, uh, not Devontae, but Mr. Dalvin from Jodeci. One of my homies had a hat on. He ran into him at the mall. He was like, yo, we get the hat. And he thought he was like, damn, like, well, you might be in some trouble. Like, dude from Jodeci seen the hat and pressed me about it. But he was like, I want one. Like, link me with who did it. He sent in my Instagram, and then I followed Mr. Dalvin, and I reached out to him. I'm like, bro, you inspired me. And he was like, yo, pull up to the concert in Orange County. I wasn't able to make it because by the time I responded, the tickets were sold out. They did a concert with TLC that still sold out, like two hours type of shit. So mm-hmm. um, we never were able to like meet each other, but we just like talked through Instagram and text a few times. And um, Melvin from Ready for the World, one of the coldest groups ever, a label hit me up to hit him up to clear a sample because they saw he followed me on Instagram. So I always tap in with people who I grew up listening to and just like let them know that I'm doing this full time because I looked up to them. And so it's always great to get that back and forth with them and have them like what I'm doing too. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's a different type of... Uh, um, what was the what was the best advice that you've gotten from uh, any of those guys? Um. really just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, like consistently across the board. It's like if they come across me, it's not too much catches their ear that they respect from younger generations enough to warrant. Like, uh, I'm not like Drake or her, I'm not that tier artist. So it would be easy for them to hear that person. Like, oh yeah, they're dope. But to hear somebody who's not quite at that level as a household name, but still have the music resonate and them telling me I'm on the right path has really it's been across the board. I mean. It's pretty much consistently what they say. It's just like, stay on it. Don't let anybody let me deviate from where I'm going because whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's pretty much consistently been always it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned genuine. Do you ever get a lot of genuine comparisons? No. Um, nah. But, like, I think he's in that Jodeci era. So, like, they always, you know, people say, like, 90s type of music so he like, definitely do you know what I'm saying so he did a lot of that so mm. Static Major Jodeci Missy all of those guys and women I think I, I draw f- from all those people just like a lot of art- artists do like you know what I mean like Nelly Nelly to me was like the first time I heard it two artists like Nelly and Pretty Ricky when I first heard them I was like oh, I want to do this like Nelly was a tough dude but he rapped about whatever he the tough stuff then he mm. rapped about girls for five songs and mm. you couldn't say shit about it you know what I mean? So I just always like that dynamic of just being you 
being from the country or St. Louis, where you from, and being from Florida, whatever those dudes are from, and just like having that that attitude. It's just 80% of it is attitude. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what did you get the whole swag makeup from? Because you get your your swag, and it's like you took that quote unquote no almost like no homo, the whole of sex symbol thing. Yeah. You took that to a made it into an appealing swag. Mm -hmm. And yeah. coming from the Midwest, we don't dress like that. Yeah. So how did you how did you put that together? My pops, fly dude, like him at my age was we looked same air same everything haircut hair everything the same. So I looked like my dad looked when he was my age. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like pictures, some hand me down shit I got from my pops. Just the overall style, like the nose ring, earring. Like I always was able to do my own thing. My dad let me always dress how I want to since I couldn't remember. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I always had my little my little style before the music. And I just always, whether people thought it was cool or not at the time, I was always a little ahead. Being from Indiana, they're late on some of the fashion stuff. Yeah. So by the time you wearing something that you seen in Chicago, Chicago off it, Indiana gonna be on it for the next year and a half. Right. Even though they're so close. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to just take from Chicago and bring it to Indiana and look People thought it was different, but really it was just me. Just stay true to your style. That's anybody, you know what I'm saying? And I saw my dad do that a lot, and I always admired the pictures and like the, the haircuts and stuff like that. So I always wanted to emulate him. Still do. Okay. So now we talking. So we didn't we didn't touch on you being from you know the Midwest from a crib. You know I count that all the crib for me. Yeah. Um, you know then we got into your style. How do we get? How did we transition from being down there? At, uh, was it IU, right? IU, yeah. Being at IU to now in LA. Um, just putting out a lot of content. When I was in college, I just put out a lot of music over the time, and it wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? It took, but I let people grow with me. I never was like, I'm gonna drop the music when it's polished. I put it out when it wasn't mixed, when it sounded like shit. When because if I didn't, you wouldn't be able to be like, yo. You wouldn't, it wouldn't have that dynamic to it of like, yo, he started like this when that's, and now he's doing this. I think I always wanted people to see my growth and I can take it, criticism on the chin, I can take that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I listen to people when they tell me I'm doing something or they don't like this. I'm like, okay, let me see if it's validity to that and if I can actually incorporate that and get more money off of just taking a random person advice. If they're criticizing it enough, to, if you don't know me, you talking about me. You're not tagging me, but you're talking about me. Like I gotta listen to you more than the person that's tagging me because I'm on your subconscious. So you probably giving me codes and shit to do that you just think is criticism. So I, I always took people's criticisms with you know to heart, not in a bad way. So I let that fuel me into just publicly turning into something else. I started off on Twitter. I was just funny made jokes. Mm -hmm. I was that type of person going viral and just saying stupid shit. Um, I knew if I could get their attention and have their attention, then once I found something more serious to do, that if I was good at it enough, they would have to listen. You know, so it took a lot of that of just me rebranding myself publicly and not hiding like, oh, I'm I'm back in two years later and, like, and I'm, I was in here every day. If y'all seeing the growth, if y'all seeing the content change from what I'm saying, um, so it just built up a good network. Just I didn't have to be in LA to know I could go to LA and make something happen because I knew enough people knew me in LA that if I came there and I made my own stamp and I didn't let nobody did anything for me, nobody took it was me coming out here with an internship just so I can have somewhere to live and some money, and then me just 
turning up, making clothes for artists, and them not knowing I did music, and them just buying clothes. Me playing them a song from an artist I was managing, and they're like, oh, that shit hard. I'm like, oh, that's me. It was all type of shit I was doing just to get people to take me serious. Um, it was always a plan to come to LA. Like, since I, even before music, I was gonna come out here. So I knew if I could make it here and make my stamp, and, and people who don't know I'm from Indiana think I'm from LA or Toronto or something. But I, I knew if I could get people to think I was from LA, not by saying I was, but just by turning up so much out here, and people were like, oh, he must be from the city. And people who meet me here like, oh, bro, where you, where you going to high school? I'm like, not, not here. I went to Indiana. So they're like, damn, you dress different. You talk different. We thought you were, you know. So that was just always the goal, infiltrate and just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's how I got here. We just rebranding and being vulnerable and putting content out. Because if they don't like it, I'd rather have you not like it than not know if you like it or hate it because it ain't out. I can't mm. win or lose that way. Mm. You said a lot of things in that in that sound that I want to touch on. Um, first thing I want to touch on is uh, making clothes. Mm-hmm. Who were you making clothes for? Um, see, I was making merch. Just t-shirt brand was called Art and Drugs. It's like Art X Drugs, and then so I shit you not, I posted the template of like a sketch of like a rough sample I made. Mm-hmm. The day that my life changed with Joe Freshgood DM me and said, yo, I guarantee you clothes money is going to be better than rap money. Hit me in a month and tell me if I'm lying or not. I hit him a month later. I said, bro, I made six racks. I said, I never made six racks in anything. And so he was like, because he knew I was from Indiana. He knew that I was on a streetwear wave that Chicago was on for like the last year and a half, but it ain't hit my college yet. So he was like, they going to look at you like you innovated it, even though you didn't. But that's what fashion is. It's just like putting it to the people who didn't see it the first time. He was like, if you could repurpose it and make it your own thing. And, you know, I had numbers on the back. It was like, you know, long sleeves. So it just looked cool. Very simple black and white design. But I went crazy off of that shit. So Amber Rose, Tierra Thomas, a um, few songwriters, a um, few athletes. Um, yeah, just off of Instagram and Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Tierra Thomas wore to 106 in Park. Amber Rose wore it somewhere. Instagram models, I was just sending it sometimes for free, like, you know, take this, we don't got just promo it, you know what I mean? So I, it was a lot of that, and people who gonna say no to free clothes. So that was the first way of getting my name out there. That's how I met K Camp, that's how I met um, G Rye, he's with Parties Camp. Like, all of those dudes saw me from Worldstar of like throwing parties and wearing the shirts, and so it just, just cross branding and really cross promotion. That's really what it was. I had a passion for making clothes, but to me, it was like making a song. It's the same shit. I can make a shoe or I can make a birdhouse. It's like music. It's the same shit. Same process. You said you was on Worldstar. So what were you doing on Worldstar? Just your music videos or like... Nah, like party recaps. Or like if, we, if I performed a song, I blend it with like party footage and um, shit like that. Just content. Pay them like that little 1500 or depending on how long you want the banner up, 500 for this spot, 300 whatever the little offers they had back then. Mm. What's crazy is you did just mention you was a business major, so you understand mm-hmm. that you put you had the all money in concept, and yeah, then you yeah. made put it into marketing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you think artists understand that the importance of paying for marketing? Well, see, I still I did my I paid for marketing a different way. I did it through merch, which is like indirectly advertising. Mm-hmm. But I never bought ad space. I never paid for PR, which I could probably I'll probably be bigger if I did. So I fully don't understand it. I've just maybe become comfortable with exploring that. But it's no business that's successful that doesn't advertise. Mm. 
Like, you don't need to see a Rolls Royce commercial because it's a Rolls Royce, but you need to see a Honda Pilot commercial because it's a fucking Honda Pilot. Nothing wrong with it, but people need to know that. Yo, this is cool too. You don't need to know Rolls Royce is cool. You don't need to see an interview. You don't need to hear a soundbite to know that you need a Rolls Royce if you ever get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, depending on what your thing is, you don't need to advertise the. You need to advertise by rappers talking about it. You need to advertise by movies having a scene of you crashing and whipping with Mark Wahlberg driving. That's different. That's inadvert, but blatant advertisement. Not so much like here's my commercial, or here's my spot in the paper, or here's this. So, marketing is different. You know what I'm saying? Like. I feel like all artists have to just find what they're comfortable with because you never want to look like you're selling shit. Mm. How to sell it without looking like you're selling it. Like, I need you to send me money for my lifestyle, for my rent, for my, like, you're, bla- you're, you're saying that, but you got to figure out a way to make it seem like, I'm not selling this, you need this, and I might not, I might be sold out, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You got to present it to where it's, it's comfortable with your brand and who you are as an artist or a person. And so for me, I just had to find where I was comfortable, what I was comfortable with. Um, yeah, it's different for everybody. Some people get a billboard and it'll work. Some person get a billboard, they're like, I don't care. It depends, it depends on who sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything don't mean it. You can walk past 30 billboards, you can't tell me five billboards just walking outside and see, you can't name them. But it's some people can be like, no, it's a billboard of this show right here, because it moved them. Some people, we, we see it so much, it doesn't move us. So you may have wasted ten grand for what? For a motherfucker to drive past it for two years and not know it's there. So it's, it's different for everybody. I would say you just gotta find out what your thing is, and you don't know till you do trial and error. You know what I'm saying? So you do. You just spoke on indirect marketing. What are some by you being out here in Hollywood or LA? Um, what are some good marketing schemes that you've seen for some of your peers? Um, really just paying for shit, paying for marketing, paying for um, PR, people to put you on these publications, playlisting user-generated playlists that have hundreds of thousands of followers and um, I don't really know the ins and outs of that but I know a lot of people ha- do do that and it works mm-hmm. to where you know what I'm saying a song goes or TikTok marketing or you paying influencers on Instagram to listen to your song naturally in their story sometimes you have them tag you so it looks like maybe it's more natural they don't tag you they're like oh who is this and they you know what I'm saying makes the person like why is Kylie playing this Shazam oh she didn't even mention who they was but that means she really tapped into the song, you know. So it's just it, it plays on the psyche, and some people perceive it as oh, that's an advertisement. Some people see it as oh, no, that she lit, it's lit. I'm about to go listen to this person because Kylie played them. Mm-hmm. So depending on what the budget is and and what you want to do, you know, I've seen people do all types of stuff. Sometimes they just hear somebody famous hears the music and they play it, and people might think you pay for that or they might not know. But you know, I've seen it look as organic as if the person just listened to it. But I know that person paid that person to listen to it. But nobody else on the outside knows. It's impossible to tell. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So depending on what your budget is, you can you know, make it look as organic as possible. It can make you look like it's a kid yodeling at Walmart. I think that was just a chance to... You think somebody just caught this kid going off and there was a pe- bunch of people about... It sounds like a great story. Then the kid signed a month later. You think they just talked to him in 30 days and figured it out? Come on now. The, one of the greatest marketing things I've ever seen. Kid found yodeling in Walmart. They found him. You go to Walmart yelling, you're going to get kicked out. I don't care what you're doing. That's just part of their store policy. It's their loitering. Your loitering. You'll be ushered out. I don't care if you're a kid or how, if you're snapping or singing Elton John, Mahalia Jags, they don't care. But that was a, it looked so organic. Mm-hmm. But that's what your good budget will do for you. It'll make it look like it's just happened. 
You know what I'm saying? So that's probably the biggest example. Of, like it looked great. That's actually a, a, a dope example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably just gave a lot of up and coming artists um, some free game. Yeah. Um, being out here, what are what are uh, what was a moment of yours where a uh, way you got an organic look and you was like like what's one of your some of your top organic look moments? I would say. Yeah. Erica Badu posted something on her. I never seen it, but apparently she posted a song of mine. Cause I, for weeks, I got a bunch of fans like from Badu. Like I could tell they were some of her the, the fan pics or whatever, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, new fan, new fan, new fan." So that little things like that. Um, my. PND on Snapchat years ago had mentioned Trap House Jodeci just like casually and somebody was had sent it to me and fans were like, oh shit. Um, subtle things like that. Um, or like Joe Budden or somebody just talking about it on the podcast or Joe fucks with you. I, I listen to his podcast Facebook. Yeah, he fucks with you. Shout out to Joe. So yeah, things like that have helped. Like the Joe Button and Rory and Mal. And they don't like everything I do. That's why it's dope, because people are like, oh, they always talk about you. I'm like, no, they say they don't like some shit. I've heard it. Shit, mm-hmm. I thought it was hit. They were like, eh, it didn't do nothing for me. I need you to be honest with me. Because I don't, those people are my friends. Or my, I don't really know them. I just respect them, met them a couple times, got love for them, for what they say, good and bad. Because I'm, you know what I mean? It's, it's how good relationships happen. You can't be all oh, yes, man, the whole time. Or people like you and they like everything you do. Nah. Are you going to do Joe Pool Party the next one you do? I think on the episode. If we, ever, if we ever out of this yeah. quarantine, yeah. What be the talks with him? Like, well, how did when he? I know y'all talk. Like, what did what did he like? What did he give? You, like, type of gems he give? You? Um, I had snippets on my Instagram or like on my Twitter, and he was like, it was from like a couple years. He was like, drop this, and it was like twenty seven eighteen. The clip was, and it was maybe like this maybe a year, a year ago or something. So I'm like, what? This shit is like two years old. And he was like, you need to finish it and drop it. And I dropped it, and it did well. It was a song called T Shirt. So. Just like little things, or him saying he didn't fuck with something or it didn't move him, and I'm like, all right, I got you. Okay. You know. Right. So, I want to know, um, cause as I know, I listen, I watch a lot of your interviews, and it seems like you get a lot of those things that be repetitive. Like they ask you kind of like the same Hell shit, yeah. same shit. What is the question that you hate getting asked the most? Um. I don't, honestly, I, I'm usually just honored that people want to talk and have a conversation that I'm not really annoyed. It can get repetitive, but um, they they don't know me or they probably don't know that their fans know this or don't know this. So nothing really bothers me um, where I'm from, my upbringing, anything that is like not about the present music or like about what got the music to the spot it's at. It's like miscellaneous facts, the birthday and food and sh- stupid stuff. The <laughs> fans probably want to know, but I'm like, all right. But I'm, it's whatever. Mm. Yeah. I get that. Um, uh, the reason why I ask that, though, because you are, actually, you're a performer mm-hmm. and you're an artist, uh, but you're also a songwriter as well. Yeah. And I know, I noticed you get, a, you get asked a lot about, you know, people you did songs for. Uh, I know you wrote the, uh, you did the, was the Emerald, that's yours, right? Emerald, or they use your vocals, right? Emerald and Burgundy. So yeah, I did 
the the one with the part with Juicy J and Juvenile in a minute. Okay. Yeah, like the first half of the song. Yeah. So you wrote it, right? I just wrote the hook with this girl named Philly Ferraro. She's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So me and her did that. Alright. So did, did you guys do that all in the studio together? Or? No, that was the only time I ever met Chris Brown. We went to his house in November last year and we did the record. He pulled up the beat, said he wanted the concept to be about colors because his album was about um, colors of some sort. And so he wanted to have a song with a color title. So he said green and we're like, alright. And green is like envious, emerald, same color. So we just played off the concept he gave us and we just did it there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what was it like with being around Chris? That was tight. You know what I'm saying? Dude got a crazy motive. Like he doing a million things at once. Like very multi multitask uh, oriented. I like that because I'm the same way. So yeah, dude was cool, super down to earth, was happy when we did the song, had people coming in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Made, made it feel very easy. Wasn't no pressure. He wasn't in there. The whole time while we made the song, he was like out of the living room and shit. So it wasn't like he was, all right, what's this sound like? He let us do our thing for a couple hours and he just came back in. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. Do y'all still keep a relationship after that? Um, I've been on the last three Chris Brown albums. I'm on the next one. So like, we don't talk. I talk to his engineer. Like, that's who my relationship is with. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I like, I'm glad you just said that. So coming from the Midwest, a lot of people from the Midwest doesn't, they don't know what it's like out here yeah. in Hollywood, or they don't, they use, like how you say, market, they see what's on social media, and they think that this person, oh, you did a song with Chris Brown, that's like, probably gotta be your best friend. Yeah. Like, what are you think are the, coming from our center, or, or center of the, the, the country, mm-hmm. what are some things that you think artists and people need to know about this industry out here? Um, I feel like it's nothing people haven't heard. Mm-hmm. Like, It is, it's a different animal. Like, you know what it is. Like, it's it's hard to make it. There's just no other way to, it's not about what you, where you from or what you did. It's about what what added value do you have? If you don't have any value, you don't get used up for whatever value you perceive to have. You just gotta be strong will, have a support system, or just have like good parents or somebody you can hit up when shit not going right. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I didn't. I knew what I was getting. To, I didn't. I knew what I was getting to when I went to college. I knew what I was getting to when I played. I knew what I was getting to when I did anything in life. Like, I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't all candy coated raindrops and shit like that. Like I'm, I don't think like that. I'm always expected. I think I'm always gonna have to work harder than the next person. When I hoop, I'm the shortest. I'm the skinniest. All throughout school, like karate for whatever I did, I was always. Well, if you wanna make the ten, you gotta, you gotta beat out this dude who doing it regular speed, but you gotta turn it. So I always had that mentality of like, I gotta be better than the next dude. People who sing better than me, do this better than me. But I'm like, all right, can you put it together better than me? Can a finished product be better? I doubt it. So, you know what I'm saying? You gotta have confidence. Cause people can tell when you're not sure who you are, then you you fool. That's anywhere though. It's at the crib, New York, Baltimore. You go anywhere where it's some movement, you look like fool to niggas who know you fool. If you're not all the way put together, and it's male, female, they can tell when they can try you. So no different here. I don't think I've been tried. Like maybe other people have different stories, but I had, you know, artists try certain things, A and R, but not like. I, I can only pinpoint a couple of things that rubbed me the wrong way, and I got over it. Years passed. People who were involved, 
I work with them again. This time they had to pay me through their label since they got signed since Louis last. So it's all it all worked out. You know what I'm saying? Anybody I had beef with, if I see you, we to the point where it's laughs. You ain't my homie, but it ain't no static. I done been in real shit out here that I had to make phone calls home to the crib. Like, yo, I need niggas to drive out, you know what I'm saying? Drop a pen or shit getting spooky. But that's, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be prepared for it. You gotta just know what you're getting into, who you kicking it with, what neighborhoods you in. But that's anywhere. So for me, it's watch any story about somebody going to LA. Same, it's, it's like that, but not maybe as camera friendly. You know what I'm saying? It's pressures. I think that's anywhere though. Um. I noticed on your Instagram you had got a, a while back that you had started your media company like your LLC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just noticed how you just said you had an issue with somebody previous. So, was starting your company was that like a lesson you learned from doing like somebody doing bad business out here? Um, it was just, I just knew I had to do it for legal purposes okay. before somebody else did it. Hmm. Somebody else can incorporate Trap out Joe to see if I didn't do it Right I made the Instagram page Twitter I took every domain I could possibly find With that name attached to it We still waiting on The Trap Power Joe to see website itself But we got the Trap Power So it's like I just wanted to make sure People knew that That was mine Not to play with me Okay You know what I'm saying So I haven't It wasn't a direct reason For anything I just always wanted to have it Out of my bank account My Trap Power Joe to see music Business account So I just wanted to get everything Synced up Legal reasons, taxes, all that shit. Okay. As a as a songwriter, was there any type of was there any uh, instance where when you when you wrote a song or something for somebody and then you had issues with that? Then I... Um, it's been nah, not like that. It's been I've been sampled before before it was clear and we got it worked out later. Um, but I never had anybody take something. I know people have those stories, but. I probably wouldn't be here talking today if I had that story. You would have heard it went left. You would have heard I threw my life away. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If it happened to me when I was at that pivotal point to where if you did that, I'm going left. But I never had, I was in a bad situation, like mentally. You know what I'm saying? For a couple of years here that I'm like, shit, I'm, well, I'm waiting on somebody to give me a reason to just be who people think I am because where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? But. After I got out of that little funk, it was like, it's not too much you can say to move me. Because I know you're not going to say it in real life. You know you're not going to do it in real life. And that You got to be comfortable knowing that this shit is for play. It's like wrestling. You might hear motherfuckers say, say they're going to kill somebody in the song. Go to the club. Go to the party. You kick it back with them and see what they're doing. They on their phone. They, they not on that. They might, the same dude he's talking about might be over there, but he's not on that. So you got to realize, like, back at the crib, if somebody say that, you like, I'm on high alert. He's serious. Oh, yeah, what? Oh, yeah, who at the party? Who at the... You got to move like that, because at the crib, it's, somebody say you're like, all right, well, he's probably on that. Mm-hmm. Here, ain't nobody on that. Unless they from here, and they on some other shit. With, but if you some artist or some A&R, like, you got to be comfortable in your skin and know, like, people can say whatever, whisper whatever. But as a man and as a person, if you can't give me that energy when I see I have no issue with you. I got to let it go. Cause you just nothing, you know. So just having that mentality, I wouldn't let anybody take anything from me. And if they do, I got lawyers, and I'm very non-confrontational. Cause I have people to be confrontational for me now. I used to have to be confrontational because I didn't have anybody to mm-hmm. be that instigator or um, stabilizer, if you will. So 
It's not. It's been a long time since I had a problem with business wise. Are you signed? No. So everything you do is freelance work. Yeah, technically. Okay. All right. So as a as a performer, are you looking to get signed, or you stay want to be independent? Um, I'm not looking for a girlfriend, but if a bad bitch come along and she got the criteria, then I'm getting wifed up. So same thing, like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm not looking. Fuck with that ass. And if you look, but if it's looking for me and we meet, I'm with it. Nah, fuck with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you got a huge following in Toronto. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? I had a song called Tings I did in 2016, and they say that a lot in Toronto, so they thought I was from Toronto because I'm. I look into people that I'm Indian and Ethiopian and stuff like that, so people look like that in Toronto, a lot of my brothers and sisters. So they just assumed I was from Toronto. I, I always work with Toronto people, producers. My friends were from Toronto, so I always had that network anyway. So people just thought I was from Toronto when that video dropped. Store owners were playing the song in the store. It was it was crazy. I got booked, first place I ever got booked. I booked for 1500 and I performed that song for 30 minutes. That <laughs> really? Beat. Yep, just kept redoing it. And they knew the words and the song dropped the week before it. So that shit was crazy. So talk, Toronto's like my second home. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. played one song for 30 minutes. Yes, only song I really had that was turned up. Everything else was R&B that they wasn't hip to yet. So this song was like a turned up. I'm going to pull up at the spot. I got the teens. I, I, it was like a anthem type of track. Like something you can mosh pit to. So um, they got introduced to me as a rapper first. Mm-hmm. You know That allowed me to show them everything else I could do. But that was the only turned up song I had. And at the time, I wasn't comfortable like singing live and shit like that, so I just did the rap, the rap stuff. Yeah, that's dope. You sing a song five times, got fifteen hundred for it. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Um, damn. So you guys, and you in Toronto? They they going crazy in Toronto. Yeah. So are they hip to your like your new stuff? Yeah, to, to people think I'm from Toronto. Like still, it's just like fans in Toronto assume I'm from Toronto just because. Um, I'm working with or following all your favorite Toronto artists or Canadian artists or we we just happen to be friends. So I was just I've always been comfortable in Toronto. I dated a girl from there, so I just always loved it. So people just assume I'm from there, and I feel like I'm from there too. Like Kendrick, I feel like that's where I was. My soul was meant to be because I'm walking around with people who look like me, who like maybe my cousin or some of my brothers. It was just dope to see like the culture. It's like a lot of culture. And I was like, damn, I feel like these people know who they are or like, you know. So yeah, it is, they want, they, they open their hearts to me and you know, vice versa. That's good. Did you, uh, I know you went, you said you, you messed with a party earlier. Like y'all have a relationship or just camp wise? No, so we worked a couple years ago and that never dropped, but my homie business boy who produces for me sometimes is, Produces a lot for parties, so um, we've used similar producers, and so we hooped together one time a bunch of us. So it's not like a consistent relationship, but it's just you know respect through the homies. Mm-hmm. His engineer, I used to be my roommate when I first got here. He's the only person who ever engineered bro before. Still to this day, he did work, all that stuff. So I was I would just come up in conversation because I'm an artist or whatever, and so yeah, just mutual respect. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, is it ever, because I'm not familiar with the songwriting game at all, is it is it ever like competition between songwriters like it is with artists? Well, yeah, I'm sure. You want to get, everybody want to have a number one, but I don't really, I'm not in the rat race. 
Okay. Songwriting is cool. That's not what God put me on this earth to necessarily focus my time for. I do it when the mood strikes me, but for the most part, I'm, I'm more on the production aspect, like okay. the actual beat. I make samples, so like, I'm, I get credited as a writer, but I'm not necessarily writing a song. They're just rewriting an old beat of mine. So okay. I get technically as a writer, but I'm not, I don't really consider myself a writer. For certain songs, like, oh, you wrote this for Chris Brown? I'm like, yeah. But then sometimes it's like, well, he sampled me, so yeah, I'm a writer, but I didn't write anything, but my sample part that's in it. So uh, that rat race is different. Running it, I've been in it. I don't like it. I don't like the monotony and unstability, uh, how unstable it is. So I incorporated other things in my repertoire so I wouldn't have to just depend on songwriting. Well, you a whole brand. I'm, to, I'm from talking to you. You got fashion down pack, <laughs> production, songwriting, and you're a hell of a, hell of a performer. Man, like, appreciate you, you, bro. Great music, and you stay working. I feel like you didn't drop at least three projects in the last nine months. <laughs> yeah, probably. We dropped Trap Out Jodeci 2 in December, then the deluxe version last month, and then we dropped new EP in August coming up. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, probably drop at least forty songs this year. Yeah, you've been dropping. Yeah. I've been too. Yeah, you've been yeah. dropping them. So you've been working. You've definitely gotcha. been working. So, um, I got a few questions on here that I wanted to mm -hmm. get into. You got the Morocco flag in your bio. Yeah. Uh, that's like, are you Moorish? You Moorish man? Yeah. Mm. You like to speak on that? Um, I just tell people, you know. Do your own research. I'm Moorish American, so if you don't know what that is, you can go look it up. Um, but yeah, just to let people know okay. that I know who I am. Other than that, I don't really speak on it. Okay. Yeah. I guess we can have a conversation off, uh, off camera yeah, about that. Yeah, because sure. I peeped that. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, he tapped in. All right. Um, the state of R&B. Where do you think it is, and what do you project it to be in the next three years? Um, I think it's good. I don't really, I don't listen to much that's out, but I know who the artists are. Mm. Whether it's, I gotta know who's out, so I know who to send beats to. I gotta know who popping. I know who on the charts, who up and coming. I know everything about everybody. I don't need to hear your music. If I need to hear your music, it's a problem. Explain. If your shit is that hard, and your labels behind you, or whoever's in, I, and your names and faces everywhere. If I haven't heard a song, I'm more impressed because nine times out of ten, if I listen to, I'm like, oh, that's him. Oh, sh so now I'm looking like, oh, they wasn't even pushing your face. Like that means you really know what's going. I mean, you probably know how to do this shit in your sleep. You're not worried. You probably worry about the long grind, not the I'm pretty or I'm like handsome. Now's the time. This is how I look. This is what I'm, you know what I mean? If I'm hearing about you and I'm seeing how you look and I'm seeing you perform, like, yo, how do they? And I can't name any of your songs. That means, A, I heard the song and I didn't put your name to the face. Or two, you, they're, the people are basically telling me this is going to be who the world wants for the next two or three years because we, we got their image out. So you know we're not going to invest all of this I time on somebody who trash music. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you a Billie Eilish song. 
but I can tell you who she is, how she dressed, where she performed last, how many units she sold. But then when I do hear a song, I'm like, that's her? That shit hard. But I didn't even, I, I, I didn't even wear, know where I heard it. I could have been in a store and I'm like, damn, okay, this is shit cool. And I didn't know it was you, you know? So to me, those are the type of artists. And maybe that's just me because I don't need to hear your shit to know if I need to send you a beat to work with you. I can just learn off of who's talking about you. If I know this person doesn't condone bullshit and they talking about you, I'm like, oh yeah, let's go. I don't need to hear no I got people I produce for, I never listen to the song a day in my life. I listen to my beat and I fuck with you enough to know you gonna kill it. I don't need to hear it. I need to know that you're, I rock with you. If I can build enough there. Now, if I don't know you, I'm sending stuff and I'll never meet you and you live over here and I can't, then cool. I don't need to know much about you. But if I, it's an in-person thing, like, I'd rather just know that you are solid because you're good after that. If I know you're solid, I don't need to hear the music. I need, as long as you're good, you got a budget. And if you don't got a budget and I believe in you enough just because you, I fuck with you, then that's cool with me. Um, so yeah, I know everybody is, but I don't really listen to the music because I don't want, I don't let people send me music. And I tell them like, yo, I, I, I'm not gonna cap and say I'm gonna listen to this. Cause I'm I'm in a music process right now of making my own stuff. So I don't honestly don't want to hear your shit. <laughs> because I don't want to. I don't want to catch a melody and think this me. And it's really because I heard your snippet on SoundCloud. You sent me now using your melody, not knowing it's you. And then now you mad when the song blow up. And I now I'm, I'm a thief. And I forgot I stole from you because I heard your shit in past. I don't want that. I don't take no chances. Mm. So I just don't listen to it. But I'm just always well versed on who's doing what, who's aligned with who, who's with this label, who's this partnership, and that's enough for me. I like how you broke that down, and I, I honestly, I can tell that you have you've studied this game and studied marketing and, and branding to a T. Because just how you even just broke that down, like no, yeah. like people don't even think like that. Yeah. So that was just dope, and. So when you speak of people you, you give out beats to and you produce for, who has been, what has been some of your favorite songs to, and who, what, well, should you tell me who the songs were? I don't know who the yeah. artist is. So I'm guessing who was the favorite people you like to listen to beats to? Um, I would say my favorite songs that came out is the Jordan Lucas and Chris Brown Stranger Things one. Okay. That went gold and I made the beat with my homie and I just, that was like my first paid placement. Mm -hmm. Like, um. So that one just holds more rank than anything, just cause like that's my shit. It was only us two on the song, Chris Brown and Jordan, and me and bro Jordan Manswell who produced it. So it was like the first time I like I'm like damn, it's not a million niggas on this song. You know what I'm saying? I can, this is my shit. So that one for sure, uh, Chica, she's with Warner Brothers. She has a song called Industry Games. Produced that one, I love it. Um, means a lot to me cause I, I believed in her a lot. Um, and then probably Lil Key and Roddy Rich Dragon. I'm the I'm the sample in that. Just cause nobody know how I was involved in that song. Um, the business was part. Everything was good. Um, so yeah, I just think that's such a random song I'm gonna be a part of, and I'm just it's dope that Key and Roddy put it on the album. Yeah, so that one just because it comes out of left field for most people who think I just do R&B and shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. So as an R&B guy. Um, when you're doing all this work, which is more important for you, bro? The bag or getting your credit? The bag? Yeah. Depends on who it is. If it was Beyonce, and she said, look, I'm gonna either give you the credit and no bag, or the bag and you can't tell nobody you worked on this. I'm like, give me credit. 
I'll, I'll make two M's off the credit. I'll make that one Beyonce song, bring me 30 Zayn songs, two Usher songs, a Weekend song, a Rihanna song, a Drake song. Then I'm going to go get a, go to the Latin side, uh, Maluma, get one on him. Just off of the credit from Beyonce. So that's how I look. Depending on who you are. If you're big enough that you want to be like, oh, nobody didn't know. But here, or like, tell the world, but I ain't going to pay you. Depending on who you are, I would take the, the latter. Um, so it's different. But if you're not that, you know, Beyonce or something like that, I need that bag, my boy. Got yeah. Got to get your coins, man. Yeah, facts. All right. Well, um, we closing out. Uh... I wanted to get your take on this because you say I heard in the interview you say you were single, right? Yeah. All right. So being from the Midwest and seeing what we got to offer and being out here in LA, mm-hmm. who got the best women? That's a good question. See, I I can't really say LA because it's it's cheating. A lot of girls not from LA. Mm. They live here for work or what they do. So it's like, yeah, it's LA, but she from Brooklyn or she from Vegas, Arizona, Montana. You know what I'm saying? They be from everywhere. So um, I would say probably just LA technically, but from personal experience, Midwest. Um, and a lot of girls come to the Mid- from Midwest come out here. So it's like, it's a bunch of bad, you're like, oh, she bad, she from Chicago, or she from Crib. So it's like both, but. Probably LA for the, the naked eye. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. You have have you ever had any run-ins with the police or like you, mm-hmm. know, you know the police brutality stuff going on right now? Yup, plenty of times. Right. Plenty of times. Mm-hmm. You don't look like you a confrontation to do. How did you get this many run-ins with the police? Um, stupid shit, driving drunk, like uh, an unprovoked time. I would say maybe like half of those out of the six. Three was unwarranted. Okay. Yeah. The other three was like me speeding, doing some smoking, doing stupid shit. How did the police handle the situation, the unwarranted time? Uh, it was in LA. I actually was waiting on my homegirl. She had parked in this um, temporary five minute zone to get some food. I'm in the car just waiting. It's night. I got my headphones on. The cops knocking on the window. They got the flashlights, so I can't really see who it is. So I'm like halfway listening to my music. I'm like, what the? F-? Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Not even realizing it's the cops. When I realized it was a cop, I just brought out the window. I'm like, what's up? They're like, you got to move the car. I was like, oh, she just left the hazards on. She got the keys. She inside, blah, blah. Um, I'll call her for you. Uh, like, no, nah, I step out the car. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good, bro. So literally, the window was down. They reached in, opened the door, and pulled me out. And it's people outside. It's people with cell phones. That's the only thing that saved me was them telling me they're going to put me in the car. But I'm like, what did I do? At this point, I'm using some derogatory language. I'm like, well, you're going to take me to jail. I'm going to make sure that it's worth it. Because I'm going to jail for being calm. Let me turn up. So I'm talking crazy, talking about what I'm going to do to him. I'm like, yo, bro, like, I'm a, I was saying some disrespectful stuff to him. Just to get I want him to hit me. I'm like, I want you to do something on this camera. I'm hitting a lick on you, my boy. I'm suing the whole city. It's over. I'm thinking that. Like, I'll take an ass with me. I can survive. They ain't going to kill me in front of these people. They hit me or throw me around or something. One of the officers was Asian. 
he telling me like, my ear like, just really hurt, just calm, we'll take him off, you gotta just, I'm like, nah, I'm not, you say what you're saying out loud, you tell me to calm down, let him get his ego off, cause he wanna, nah, you wanna cuff me, you know, it's, you know what I'm saying, so the Asian dude feel, feeling bad, you could tell, but the white cop is like, he was like, yo, the more you cuss, like, we gotta, we gotta give him reason, like, I wanna do this, he wanna do that, and he tell me in my ear while I'm cuffed by the tree, like, look, like, just, Breathe, breathe, like, take, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, nigga, fuck you too. I'm, I'm like, bro, you ain't my, on my side. You was on my side, you got these cuffs. So eventually, enough white people pull out cell phones and the cops take my shit off and literally they just drive off. This happened for 15 minutes. Downtown type shit. Yup. For no real reason. Fucking LAPD. Yeah. Fucking. Fuck 12. <laughs> I'm gonna leave this question because we locked in now. We fraternity brothers. Yes, sir. We, we blooded. So, um, I always ask everybody. My first time talking to them, um, five years. What do they see themselves? Um, shit, you are already in a good position. So, five years. What do we see? Yeah, Ali. I want to be retired. I'm gonna be a book with you. I want to be retired in five years. I want to have done everything I needed to do as an artist. If I don't have the next big thing by five years, then y'all can just count me out. I should already have a who gonna be popping for the next 20 years under my belt, under my wing, my wing by then. If not, I don't really know. Uh, I ain't doing my job. But by then, I know I would have had the right producer, found the right person that changed the world, and give me opportunities to make, make sure that shit happens the right way. Because I feel like I don't want to do the rat race forever. I don't want to, I want to be able to, you know, sit back and enjoy being a legend and enjoy the fruits of the labor and not have to do it and wait till I get, I'm old and tired and I'm like, all right, I'm retired. Like, I, I said retired mean from, like, actively being an artist. And I still might put an album out every now and then, but I wanted to be to a point where I did so much that I should have had the next next female superstar. I hate that word. The next woman superstar, the next male superstar, the next crazy poet, the stand-up comedian. I, I should have had somebody who's going to make me a billionaire by then because I should have done enough in five years from now to warrant somebody saying, like, yo, I trust in you to take my shit to the next level. I want to be a manager, A&R, um, exec. I just want to get in these offices and change the culture and build my own shit after I learn how this shit works on the inside. Um, so, yeah, I want to be able to transition into my exec role in, like, five years or less. Honestly, sooner. Um... Next three, honestly, below five, I should be already, I should be set up. My retirement fund should be good. That's where I'm at. Definitely one expecting that one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 